Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Reminding you why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Hey, welcome to the welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I really enjoyed that conversation with Adele Lyons, the work that she's done not just for the Coast Chamber but in the nonprofit community here in Coastal Mississippi is truly remarkable. And I especially enjoyed the time that I had to work with her when she was uh, with the Knight Foundation, and I was chairman of the local Citizens Advisory Committee for the Knight Foundation, and the work that Knight Foundation did here in Coastal Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina. Just she, she's just a terrific leader, and it's great to be able to continue to work with her in the community and check in with her like we just did. Hey, now let's shift gears. I've been really looking forward to the next meeting. Uh, as you as you know, I'm a little bit of a, a weather nerd, and uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, but I've had the, uh, the good fortune of getting to know Jeff Vork, who's a meteorologist for WXXV Channel 25 uh, through social media, and eventually just in, invited him to join me on the show so I could tell a little bit more about his story. So how you doing, Jeff? Really good. Been a good week so far. How about you? I'm doing good. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, this 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 uh, tropical system called Hurricane Lee that just doesn't seem to want to go away. Uh, so this <laughs> slow unfolding situation that obviously is going to be more of an issue for Canada. Although I think there might be some some uh, peripheral impacts to the U.S. We'll talk about that in a second. And the fact that we've had an incredibly um, quiet season here, and uh, it's a little bit too early, I think, to to, to count our lucky stars because we got the rest of September to go. And as we learned from Hurricane Zeta, you know, we could, we got into October to worry about. So homegrown becomes more of an issue for us as opposed to sort of the African waves. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Hey, listen, man, I am um, I, I was thrilled to learn about you that you were, you were born and raised in in the Florida Keys. Uh, Key West is one of my favorite places on earth. Uh, we we love to spend some time there, and usually when we go, we we stay at a at a place called the Pier One. It's uh, at the at the foot of Duval Street. But yeah. tell me about you know being raised in the Florida Keys. I grew up in the ocean dweller, of course, Parrothead lifestyle from a young age. It was definitely a blessing to be able to go to the beach after school each day or hop on the boat with either my dad, my uncle, anybody. And yeah, I, I was definitely spoiled with that. A little, I grew up in a little town called Keytown Beach, which is about halfway up the island chain. It's right next to Marathon. One of the nicest little islands you'll ever find. It is called the Florida Keys, as a matter of fact. And you know, you got a little village of a bunch of transplants from New York, New Jersey, even some Midwesterners. But there were some people who've been down there for generations as well that really went through that pioneer lifestyle early on and. I mean, I, it shaped me down there. You know, the type of person I am is definitely shaped by how I grew I, up down there with that carefree lifestyle. Well, I've uh, I drove to Key West a couple of times with my sons, and then uh, when I realized that that's a long drive, we we would then fly into Miami. 
And I would, uh, we would always come in the night before, stay at the Marriott, be, keep us game, which is where I used to stay a lot when I was doing work for Nate Ritter. And we'd go to a, a, a Nicaraguan steak restaurant called El Rancho's until it closed. And uh, we'd, you know, we'd take that drive down, down, uh, down to uh, Key West, which is an incredible drive from Miami. And, of course, Marathon, wonderful fish, fishing community. Seen a lot of growth over the years, as you well know. And then uh, more recently, we just fly directly into Key West. You know, go, go and enjoy that that laid-back lifestyle. Like I, like I said before yeah. we started the show, it's very comparable to Coastal Mississippi in some ways, you know, that laid-back, friendly, easy-going lifestyle. But it's a bit more eclectic and, um, and um, um, you know, there's a little bit more of a vibrant ele- uh, electric vibe there that uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily compare that to really any other community in the entire world, really. But there's something about, you, you know, you got raised in the Keys. That's a, that's a cool thing to be able to tell people, isn't it? Yeah, it's neat. And sometimes it just slips past me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm originally from the Florida Keys. But then everybody's like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you uh, you found Mississippi State, which I find interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not totally surprised about it because I know Mississippi State's me- meteorological uh, history a bit. But, uh, but it's got a great program, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And meteorologists are, well, we're all a different breed, but it's very, it's a very niche degree program. About 700 people come out of it a year all over the country. And so few programs are established enough to really be able to take someone in as a transfer and then help them be able to thrive. And ultimately, I decided on the online program at Mississippi State, a lot of broadcasters, as a matter of fact, I believe one third of all TV broadcasters currently have a degree from Mississippi State University, which is pretty remarkable. I believe almost all of Fox Weather, as a matter of fact, is a Mississippi State based. And we have two now soon to be a third member of our weather team once he's on board next month that are state grads. And then my chief Rob Knight's Air Force background and all that. So well you've uh, you've been here for a year um, at at Fox. Uh, Channel twenty five WXXV. How, tell me about it. How's it how's your year been? It's been it's been a good one. A lot of learning. Definitely getting to adjust to the TV side of things is hard, but I've gotten more comfortable with it over the last year. Our weather down here, though, you go you have to go from the summer weather, then you have severe weather season in the fall, mostly winter, and then spring. You have to go through all the changes as well. The very occasional cold snaps. Then the next week you're in t-shirt and flip flops, right? So those are the parts of forecast and weather down here. But now that I'm on the week evenings it's fun having a consistent schedule getting to come in do the evening shows do the late night shows and it's it's really fun to get to forecast down here and also just fun to get to present the beautiful views we have from some of our webinars at the station yeah, and then there's then there's our our severe, if not catastrophic, weather history with Hurricanes Camille and Hurricanes Katrina, as I've discussed with uh, the top hurricane chaser in the world, Josh Morgerman, who's also a, a hurricane historian. But I mean, the the thought to be a weather person here, where this is sort of the center of the history related to hurricanes, and then you think about the hurricane hunters. Um, it's always kind of eerie to me when we go out and there's a there's a storm in the 
Golf, for example, and you had this constant purr of those engines over at Keesler Air Force Base, which you can hear from my house. And uh, they're taking off and landing in this constant rotation of, uh, of, of, uh, of planes going out to fly into the storms. But to be here where the hurricane hunters are flying out of, it's a, it's a pretty good opportunity for a weather guy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And day two of work last year, actually, when I was still training, I got to go up with uh, with that with the hurricane down Hurricane Ian, actually. And ironically enough, we literally flew over the keys on one of the last passes we were making into the eyewall. And that was a that was a that was a hell of a storm. And yeah, I'm, I've had the opportunity a couple of times to go fly with them. I hadn't done it yet, but I plan to do it. I really want to be able to do that. In fact, that Josh and I have talked about. He wants. I want to, We want to go together, and I'll I'll do a story about it. And um, he wants to go fly through the eye of a storm, and then come back to you know when he lands, go go chase it, so he can say that he both flew in it and he also chased it on land. But um, this guy has an uncanny ability to put himself in a in a position. He literally holds the world record for the number of storms that he's been in, and and uses coastal Mississippi as basically his base station. Um, it's been it's been a weird season so far though hasn't it yeah it's been a weird season since last year was on the tail end of a la nina as you heard those get thrown around off now it's sort of a developing el nino with very very hot water and this isn't just a gulf problem either this is all over the Atlantic, particularly in the main development region where lee had its out of rapid intensification but given the fact it's a developing el nino that Bermuda High that typically is our curse, our vengeance, sending all these systems into the Gulf, it's weaker this year. Some of the areas now, it's, everything's going north as it should from the main development region, all these Cabo Verde lows and whatnot. Yeah, and it's a it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, because man, you know we still have to worry about a seed of some sort getting into the Gulf or the South American gyres possibly spinning something off. So many many storms that we've experienced have, have have come from that. Of course, you got the issue of the fronts going out into the Gulf of Mexico, and something slowly but surely forming off of that. But we got a lot of season left in front of us, don't we, Jeff? Yeah, and we haven't even really gotten into the core of the gyres parts of the season yet. That's usually early October, and yeah, you knew with Zeta that's how it works. And for me personally, in the Keys, Wilma, that that's what that spawned off of, and that's the strongest hurricane ever to be recorded in the Atlantic. And that was the one that that was a memorable one for my end as my childhood. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that was uh, for for those of us that was the Katrina Rita year. It's hard to imagine that these amazing storms all sort of spin, spin spun off in the same year. Uh, a couple of years later, my sons and I, when we went down there, we went to the uh, Key West Yacht Club and we had lunch and we talked to the guys there and they said, "You didn't know that the water was five feet deep right here for Wilma, did you?" I said, "No, we didn't. You know why? Why? Because we didn't want the world to think they couldn't come down here on vacation, man. We just." cleaned it up as fast as we could and, and got on with it. But huge impact from, from Wilman that most people don't fully appreciate or understand. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with WXXV Channel 25 meteorologist Jeff Vork, and we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this.
back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I should actually say happy birthday or maybe belated happy birthday to Jeff Vork, who's a meteorologist for WXXV. He turned 25 last Tuesday and grew up loving the beach and the ocean and fishing because he grew up in Marathon. Come on now. I mean, Marathon in the Keys. <laughs> what a great place to grow up. And uh, I, I envy you for that experience. But, man, I grew up in coastal Mississippi learning the backwaters and offshore fishing and all that, the, all that coastal Mississippi has to offer. Pretty, pretty cool. You know, Jeff, the reason I fell in love with with weather, initially it was just about, I spent a lot of time boating. I boated offshore and uh, got caught in a couple of really bad storms along the way. And I said, you know what, I need to learn a little bit more about when to go and when not to go. And we, you know, this is before we had really sophisticated technology that we have today, and learned a lot about fronts and uh, you know when to pay more attention. How, you know the kind of wave heights are going to that could create problems for us when there might be thunderstorms, and and I just got more sophisticated as a boat captain to learn those things just so I could keep people safe. But Hurricane Katrina, just a little prior to Hurricane Katrina, became became very interested in the tropics, and then uh, and blogs. Were beginning to come along, you could really study the blogs, and then we nearly got killed by Hurricane Katrina, and that that put my yeah. learning about tropical systems on steroids. And uh, as you know from the communications that you and I have on the air, I spent a lot of my time just talking to family and friends about when to worry and what not to worry, because as you know on the on the internet, especially on social media today, there's a lot of hyping that goes on around storms, and I think part of the role that you play is to bring you know some clarity to the hyping and you see that role too don't you yeah definitely you have to be the filter between what these people are putting out on twitter facebook and whatnot and the people are like oh no it's not going to be an issue it's not going to be x insert x and storm right so usually you just you have different phases of how you want to not necessarily alert because that wouldn't be relevant say seven or eight days out but Generally speaking, when you start getting signals that something's going to become an issue, you start thinking, okay, there could be something in the Gulf next week. Then you start just funneling it down, being like, we could have issues from this. You could have power outages. It's generally, I generally try to make it more of an impact-based thing rather than the center of this is going to go exactly here eight days from now. It's more of a, here's what I know, here's what we need to know. And here's when we will possibly know it. That's yeah. the way you got to filter it down. And, you know, our good friend here on social media, Josh Morgerman, he's he doesn't get into the hype either. I respect how he handles it. He does it for his reasons. And but he doesn't you know, he's not putting out clickbait YouTube videos that then everybody's just like, OK, I saw everything. Now don't look at anything else. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's interesting though, and you have, and this has changed meteorology a lot actually, and that is that people have the ability now to go study the GFS and the in European and all the ensembles mm-hmm. today, and they have access to all that, and they got you've got all these guys that are out there interpreting what you see, and what you, like for a really good example actually is watching Lee for as it as it moves toward uh, toward northeast the northeast portion of America. It's going probably going at Canada. It's going to have some impacts in, in the U.S., but not significant. But, you know, it remains to be seen because we've got several days out before it would make landfall. But what you see is a lot of west casting on a lot of the social media.
media sites, you know, they read one or two models and they want it to go a little bit more to the West. And the more to the West they can make it seem it might go, then they have they get pick up more followers from New York and, and Pennsylvania and Maine and mm-hmm. those those stations. So they're having to do this. They're a fine line between too much hype and enough hype that they can gain people who are willing to pay to be on their site. You see a lot of that, don't you? Yeah, I see it way too often with a lot of these people in Westcasting. That's a new way I've heard that, but Wishcasting is what some people do as well. And I, I'll say it with Lee, it's going to be interesting to see how the track of that evolves. Bottom line, if anybody's in the cone, they still need to have an idea. But with this system, which as these systems that move up the East Coast tend to lead to this sentiment, the cone is where the center is going. But when these systems get so geographically expansive, you're going to be impacted well outside of the cone anyway. So I hope that message gets driven home a lot of folks. Wigland, even if it ends up making that Atlantic Canada landfall that is currently anticipated by the Hurricane Center. Yeah, that's one of the it's one of the characteristics of those storms that move from the tropical Atlantic into that part of of the, of the Atlantic, is that they do tend to get very expansive. And of course, this one's this has been major, and then kind of came off of that a little bit, and then major again, and. This is it, this thing has really stood the test of time. It's not going to be a major when it hits up there, but it's going to. It's like we learned with Hurricane Katrina, it's carrying a lot of water, and as the more expansive the winds are, the more opportunities it is to have more broad-ranging impact. But certainly, no impact here in coastal Mississippi by no stretch of the imagination, and uh, and we're really lucky. But you know, a lot of people in coastal Mississippi worry because Katrina impacted a lot of people, so they don't like hypers. They want people to just be honest with them. But uh, hey, Jeff. We're out of time, but it's been a pleasure to get to know you better. We'll have you back, especially maybe as uh, as we get into maybe a tropical, get the track in a tropical system, and we'll talk more specifically about that. But it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, this has been Jeff Vorek, a meteorologist with WXXV Channel 25. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Mississippi Media Production.